Markets are treading water ahead of the FOMC meeting tomorrow morning, but a sudden rise in bond yields in the US suggests that inflation is still a concern as optimism around a vaccine-driven recovery escalates. But inflation is less of a concern in Australia. We get the CPI numbers today. We'll look at what to expect there. And what will the Fed say tomorrow, given the market expects them to ease off bond buying faster than they're letting on? An earnings season continues in the US. So far, results have exceeded expectations, but share prices haven't risen accordingly. Have they reached a peak for now? It's Wednesday, the 28th of April, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, no big movement in stocks. The Dow and S&P 500 are down a bit on where they were a day ago. Not much, though. The Nasdaq is 0.3% down. None of this has been helped by the Alphabet and Microsoft earning results, both both positive this morning, beating expectations like the Tesla results were yesterday. In Europe, the FTSE and DAX are both down about 0.3%. No big moves in the US dollar, although it is up 0.6% against the Japanese yen. The Aussie dollar has lost 0.4%, down below 77.7 US cents. Now, but the uh, the biggest movement has been in bonds. Ten-year Treasuries back up another five basis points. Most of that in the second half of the day in the United States, up to almost one point six three percent, which is the highest since the middle of the month. Uh, but it's contained within uh, the U.S. It hasn't spread to Europe, for example, not much anyway. And oil is up two percent for WTI, one point six percent for Brent, and copper has added zero point nine percent to yesterday's decade high. So Rodrigo Catrill, senior FX strategist at Nab in Sydney, he's here today. So it sort of feels like everything's run out of uh, out of steam. I guess everyone is, is waiting for the Fed, but we're not expecting them to say much, are we? So it, so it does feel like we're, we're treading water right now. We'll talk about the Fed in a moment, but I'm just curious as to why why all of a sudden uh, Treasury yields have, have leapt into action? Because they've been, uh, you know, they've really moved one or two points at best. And all of a sudden we've got a five-point jump in a day. Uh, yeah, morning, Phil. If anything, that is sort of a, the, the interesting thing about the overnight price action, particularly bearing in mind that typically ahead of FOMC meetings, you, you see the market sort of, as you say, treading water. And we've seen that in the equity market, but not quite in, in the U.S. Treasury market. So um, there's been a couple of sort of events or releases that, um, yeah, but to me, it's been more of an accumulation of, of sort of chatter and events over the recent days um, that plays to the view that the, the U.S. Treasury market is now starting to consider a little bit more this issue of inflation once again. Uh, overnight, we had the mm. consumer uh, uh, consumer expectations jumping significantly, uh, and in terms of the conference board, a measure of consumer confidence. Um, so we sort of had a decent jump reflecting of how comfortable or happy, if you like, the consumer is in, in the U.S. Again, reflecting, you know, the, uh, the payouts from, from the Biden uh, stimulus package and so on. And also the vaccine rollouts. Um, uh, inflation expectations uh, were unchanged, but overall the consumer is feeling really, really happy. We also had uh, right. U.S. home prices soaring to a 15-year high. Um, so, so the U.S. economy is humming along really nicely. All, all you know, indicators are telling us that, you know, there's a, there's a good feel about that. Uh, but the earnings reporting season has also shown that um, a lot of companies are highlighting the, the price pressures that they're, they're facing from the input side. So, um, And also the, the, the expectations that they will be lifting uh, those prices in order to pass it on to the consumer. Right, which, but that's, the, but that's, transit, that's, the, that's the transitory inflation that the Fed is talking about, though. You wouldn't have thought bond yields would be reacting to that. No, but we've seen, we've seen a combination of things uh, overnight as well. I mean, it's, so this is sort of the backdrop, right? We also 
seeing, as you mentioned, mm. oil prices continue to edge higher again because of confidence that the demand is there to support prices. Um, and overall, when you look at the particularly the 10 year break even is now breaking through that 237 level that it, it tried to break twice before. And now it's finally made that breakthrough. It's, it's now trading at 239. So from a technical perspective, it's also sort of that, that sort of break higher that plays to the view that, um, uh, the market is now, you know, more willing to, to price high levels of inflation expectations, at least in the treasury market. So, um, not, not a single catalyst as such, uh, but certainly a combination of factors that, that place the view that, uh, there's plenty of ammunition there for traders to, to start pricing in high inflation expectations in the US. And it's, it's move up on the, on the yen. That is just because of that confidence in, in the United States. Or has the Bank of Japan got a bit to do with that? Cause they, they were fairly, I mean, we, we knew that they were going to be dovish. Perhaps they're a bit more dovish than, uh, than expected uh, yesterday. They upgraded their growth forecast slightly, uh, saying thanks to, to US and China exports. But they, they also are saying, well, we're not expecting inflation to get anywhere near our 2% target in the next couple of years, which perhaps isn't a surprise. But, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps we're expecting that maybe they'd have a bit of optimism as well. <laughs> yeah, no, so I suppose that the um, you're quite right in terms of no, no, no surprises for, from the Bank of Japan yesterday. I suppose that the interesting thing is that, um, for one, the, the lowering of the, the inflation forecast for this year, which is consistent with what the market was expecting. And um, we also got to remember that the Bank of Japan has this yield curve control on the 10 year part of the curve. So when you see core global yields rising, as we've seen overnight, uh, nothing happens in, in Japan because they've been anchored by, by the BOJ policy. So that is a massive for weakening the yen uh, and indeed that's what we're seeing and and it's not surprising in a sense because we've seen sort of currencies relatively stable u.s treasury yields rising and then the, the yen is the, the weaker currency uh, as, it, as it sort of reflects, if you like, the policy from the BOJ. And you mentioned vaccine numbers, and they obviously are very critical to where we go from here. Uh, so Japan, of course, you know, they're, they're just about to hold the Olympics, and there is a concern. The Bank of Japan did say that they will step in if they have to, if uh, if COVID numbers start to strike up a bit. They're averaging about 5,500 cases a day now, but it's only, if you look at the number of active cases in Japan, it's only one in every 2,400 people where it's actually less than 1 in 50 in America in terms of active cases, uh, 1 in 66 in France. So you look at that and it looks like, you know, Japan doesn't have that big a problem, particularly if they if they go ahead with the getting everyone vaccinated. The interesting thing is in the UK now, active cases now amount to 1 in 900. And the number of people, uh, which, you know, 1 in 900 is a lot less than 1 in 66 in France, just over the English Channel. The number of people dying now, uh, is down to, well, 17 a day uh, in the UK, having peaked at over 1,300 a day in January. So clearly, vaccines and lockdowns, uh, you don't have to be a, a nuclear physicist to figure out they work, don't they? Yes, and and if anything, that that's why we're seeing that optimism being priced in in markets. Yeah. Europe is now the the market is gaining confidence that that you the vaccine rollout is working in the U in in Europe, and and the evidence that we're seeing in terms of the results with Israel being the first one now the UK, and we're also seeing evidence in in the US as well is yeah. that you've seen a decline in terms of the hospitalization hospitalization rates and and, and death rates. So it is is very very encouraging that the vaccines are working. And, and that is part of the reason why we're seeing sort of this optimism being priced in the, into well, the market. It's about one in three now, isn't it, for quite a lot of Europe, uh, Germany, France, and uh, you know many other countries in Europe. Uh, so a little less than one in three of the whole population, because some people have had their second jabs. But as you say, Israel, the UAE, Chile, uh, you'll be pleased to hear. Yes, 
Uh, also, yes, well very up there. pleasing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, plenty of room for optimism. Uh, are we going to see that in in Europe? Then uh, Isabel Schnabel is uh, from the ECB is taking part in a in a Q and A today. We get uh, German consumer confidence as well later on today, and also and also for France. But the expectation is that they are actually not going to be that great. And yet, you know, as we're saying. There's every reason to be confident now. There is every reason, and the market is sort of pricing ahead what what expects to happen. And and the, the formula again of what we're seeing in in the U.S. and and in the U.K. encourages the market to sort of price a similar recovery in, in the U.S. In, in Europe. And and if anything, that's one of the reasons why we still expect the euro to actually perform quite well over the coming quarters, mm. as it catches up, if you like, to to what we've seen in in terms of economic performance from the other major parts of, of the world. Now, you know what's going on right now. This is like the olden days. Uh, the EU is voting right now or debating ahead of the vote on accepting or not the uh, the Brexit trade deal, the one that's been operating since the beginning of January. And it's getting quite heated, apparently, the discussion. Let's talk about retaliatory action against the UK if they don't uh, comply with fishing rights and, and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, let's not talk about Brexit. We talked about that enough for a lifetime, I think. Let's talk about uh, Australia's <laughs> CPI numbers tomorrow and the preliminary trade, to today, I should say, this morning, and the uh, preliminary trade numbers as well. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about inflation concerns uh, in other parts of the world. Are they going to be a concern in Australia? Well, no, not quite at the moment. The, the, the market and, and ourselves, our economies are expecting a, a decent jump in terms of the, the quarter and quarter reading, but uh, pretty much in line with consensus um, where we're seeing uh, the, the inflation numbers uh, on the headline number jumping 0.9 on a quarterly basis. And the trim number uh, gaining 0.5. Uh, the, our economies have highlighted the potential for that 0.5 to to turn out to be a 0.6 when you round it off. Um, but uh, overall, the, the sort of uh, everything is sort of consistent with with in terms of the expectations of, of inflation getting back to to those levels that we were seeing pre previous the pandemic. Um, and and as you talked about before, those sort of one off effects that are likely to wash out over the coming quarters. So no major surprises and nothing really at the moment to to rattle uh, RBA thinking in terms of inflation remaining subdued. Uh, and if anything, we need to see that wage growth to to become a big factor in order for for the RBA to start thinking differently. And is is much going to change tomorrow morning? We have the FOMC uh, meeting and the press conference both conveniently just before tomorrow's morning call, so you can get it all with us first thing tomorrow morning but we're not expecting any surprises well you we're not expecting any so you'd never expect surprises otherwise it wouldn't be a surprise but if it was <laughs> i mean there again central banks have a way don't they of signaling expect a surprise tomorrow and they haven't told us that so it could be a fairly dull meeting Yes, yeah, so in principle, it should be a fairly dull meeting. I think that if anything, the FOMC is expected to hold the line. There's certainly been an improvement in terms of the economic data flow in, uh, in the US. Um, but we're not there yet in terms of um, getting or getting close to those sort of uh, goals of terms of maximum employment and price stability, we're still a long way. So we respect the FOMC to, to still reiterate the need and commitment to the stimulus. I think that the Fed Chair Powell's press conference will be the, the interesting one, uh, particularly in terms of the market wondering when will the, will the FOMC start thinking about debating uh, the tapering strategy. Um, so if mm. the economy is traveling as well as expected, then um, the, the big question for Fed Chair Powell will be when would you be sort of considering a tapering and, and now we've seen the market bringing forward those expectations to the end of this yes. year whereas you know a few months ago we were talking about March or potentially the middle of last yeah. year I was going to mention that yesterday actually the Bloomberg survey of economists showing now more than half 
are expecting that they will announce tapering in the fourth quarter. Uh, only 41% now expecting it's going to be next year or later. And uh, 66% also see more upside risk in the economy. Only 9% saw downside risk. So, uh, yeah, people are expecting the, the Fed to act a bit sooner than the Fed is letting on at the moment. Yes, and if anything, that's sort of the sensitivity, right? So for, for pricing mm. in the, that, that, that push-up in yields that is likely to, to come, as, as the, the Fed announces that tapering strategy. So it's too early yet, but uh, um, what, what Fed Chair Powell says or intimates uh, will, will be interesting for markets. Yeah. Okay. And finally, I think it was my first question. I'm not quite sure we answered it. So let's go back to the beginning, <laughs> uh, which was about whether uh, we, well, maybe I didn't quite ask it like this. It was in my mind anyway to ask, oh, how, has the uh, has the, the share market run out of steam? Because it's interesting, isn't it? We're seeing strong earnings results. And we've seen them again this morning. So Alphabet for Q1, 45.6 billion, over 42.6 billion expected. Their share price has risen 4.5%. On those results, but Microsoft also beating expectations, not by quite as much. They've made forty-one point seven billion versus forty-one, just over forty-one billion expected. Not much movement in their share price. And generally, if you look across uh, all uh, uh, the results so far, earnings results so far, eighty-eight percent have beaten expectations, but only fifty-eight percent have seen their share price rise as a result of that. An example is Tesla. Tesla is down four percent today after their earnings announcement yesterday. First quarter profits of four hundred thirty-eight million on revenues of ten. Billion. That's enough, by the way, to qualify Elon Musk to buy 17 million shares at $70, uh, which is a good deal considering the share price is currently 10 times that. But despite all that good news, particularly for him, uh, the uh, Tesla share price is down over 4% today. Yes, and if anything, that, that is the general theme. So the two themes so far in terms of the, the earnings reporting has been that the expectations of a push-up in prices. The question is, is it just a temporary one? And the other one is that certainly looks like the market it's, it's putting a higher bar, if you like, in terms of expectations uh, for rewarding companies, uh, where as much as you, you outperform in terms of earnings expectations, um, we haven't seen a significant rise in prices, which again reflects maybe that sensitivity around the market saying, well, okay, what happens next? What about the earnings over the next few years? Um, how are they going to look, given how good these ones look at the moment? So it certainly uh, it, it requires a bigger, a much bigger earnings surprise in order to be rewarded uh, from uh, for price gains as well. Well, it's certainly been rewarding Elon Musk, hasn't it? Uh, that's it for today. Uh, we will be talking all things FRMC tomorrow morning for now. Good to talk, Rodrigo. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Chat soon. Cheers. It's Ray Atrol back with us tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.